So today is uh, Pentecost Sunday, and I, for one, am pretty pumped that God made his spirit available to all of us. It's been the cry of my heart since I've been a, a youth back in high school. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill my heart. Uh, empower me. Use me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Uh, I would go to the uh, basement of my boyhood home in Toronto. Uh, no one else in our house used the basement that much, so it was a great place for me to escape. And, and I'd find some time to cry out to God for more of him, for more of his spirit, or sometimes I would get outdoors and do that. And it was as I cried out for more of God that God began to use me in leadership at, uh, at a Christian summer camp where I would help kids and youth come to know Jesus personally. It was after those times of uh, seeking God for more of his spirit that I was able to help some friends in high school uh, find faith. And yeah, a really cool thing happened just a, a few weeks ago. I got this friend request from a, a guy I hadn't seen since high school, maybe into university. Uh, and uh, he, he uh, let me know that uh, he had become a Christian or what it was, was I saw on Facebook that he was going to church and I was quite surprised and, and uh, discovered that it was back when I was in high school with him that, that it was my influence that God used to allow him to become a follower of Jesus. I mean, how cool is that? Decades later, finding out that God had used you way back then. And I remember two distinct things that followed my cry for more of the Spirit. One was when a group of us prayed for a Paul, a friend from school who was scheduled to have surgery for a severe case of osgood slatters disease. Now, you don't normally need surgery for, for this, but in this case, they, they wanted to take a bump off of his knee to relieve the inflammation and, uh, inflammation and pain that he was uh, suffering. And uh, we prayed, we laid hands on him. And when he went in for his pre-surgery checkup, uh, they couldn't find the bump and the surgery was canceled. I mean, wow, that was pretty cool. And it was my, one of my first experiences of, of seeing Jesus physically heal. Then a little later, I had a friend who had recently started to follow Jesus who wanted to be a counselor at this children's camp that I was a part of, but he was addicted to hallucinogenics, LSD, uh, commonly known as acid. Uh, yeah, just send your kid to camp and your counselor, well, he's struggling a little bit with drugs, no worries, but he asked us to pray that the addiction would be broken then and, and you know, that he would after he stopped doing acid, that he wouldn't get these flashbacks that were often so common to people who uh, got off of LSD. And we prayed, and he stopped doing acid cold turkey on a Friday. And then he came up on this following Saturday, that next day, to spend the summer at camp. And uh, not only did the summer go well, but uh, he hasn't touched uh, acid since, and no flashbacks either. And we're, we're talking like decades now. And he does a counseling office in central Ontario. I mean, how awesome is that? Friends, it was as I cried out and sought Jesus through the Holy Spirit to fill and empower me that I began to experience stuff that I'd never experienced before, like out and out miracles. And while uh, spectacular stuff like this hasn't been my daily experience, it is something I continue to regularly see even to this day. Even here at Fort City, not everyone likes to go public with their stories, but God is at work and people are experiencing healing, deliverance, changed lives. It's powerful. Our Monday night prayer group, I mean, God is just using them powerfully in the lives of people and the lives of church. I mean, our God is at work. It still happens. And you know, as we continue battling this pandemic, 
as we live with these crazy oil prices and then the flood, as worship continues to be online rather than an in-group experience here, as your kids are driving you nuts with homeschooling and how are you doing with Kid City at home? Are you working at being a spiritual hero in your home? Well, as you do all of that, I am glad that we have the Holy Spirit to empower us to keep going. Now, Pentecost Sunday is a great Sunday to, to look at another miracle story of Jesus. And as we get into our third message on the miracles of Jesus, here is what uh, Jesus says to us is possible because of the Holy Spirit. This is an awesome scripture. Very truly I tell you, Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even, even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I mean, that is one bold statement, isn't it? Jesus says, because he's going to the Father, that the Father will then send the Holy Spirit to us, that if we believe, we can do even greater things than the miracles we've seen Jesus do, that we can ask in Jesus' name and see God work through the Holy Spirit and just move powerfully on our behalf. What do you think? Do you believe it? Is it just a bunch of church hype? I mean, those are pretty powerful words to grab a hold of. They are incredibly powerful words to put into practice. And friends, it is the Holy Spirit that makes it all happen. So on this Pentecost Sunday, make this your prayer. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me again with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to serve others as you move and work through me. You can pray that right now, right even as I'm speaking. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill me. And that leads us uh, in this message series we're in, the, the Jesus miracles, to look at our next miracle story. And as we look at this story, we understand that these kinds of things in some way, some form or another, they still happen. That God still does miracles. That the Holy Spirit is alive and well and at work in the lives of people who seek to be filled with the Spirit. So, uh, so with this being Pentecost Sunday, where we cry out for more of the Spirit, more of God's power to be at work. Let me take you to a story that the Apostle John records. And as we look at this story, ask yourself, what, what kind of miracle are you seeking God for? And even more important, yeah, much more important, what kind of miracle does God want to do through you to serve others? Ask God to make you an instrument of, of his loving power. Let's look at today's story. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Now, that question doesn't make sense today, does it? Because today, if someone is born with a deformity or some, you know, blind or with some sort of challenge of some sort, we don't automatically think that it happened because of the person or or sin, or, or that the parents did something wrong. We, we might think that genetics played a role, but not the sin of the parents. I mean, who thinks that? 
But during the days that Jesus walked the earth, the, the culture of his day, they, they would look at somebody with a physical disability, a handicap of some sort, and they would assume that there has to be sin somewhere. Either the person who had the challenge had sin in his life, or, or, or it was the parents who had sin. And for those of you who know your Bible, when, when Job's life began to fall apart, became full of tragedy, uh, they went to Job. What are you doing wrong? Why is God doing this to you? What's your sin, Job? So these people in our story today are going, he's blind. But, but he's blind from birth, so if he's born blind, he, he didn't have time to sin himself, so, so was it his parents' sin? In, in this moment, in in this particular culture, that's the kind of question they would ask. Jesus answers this question of sin and says, no, no, it's not because of his sin or his parents' sins. He was born blind so that the power of God could be seen in him. Jesus, he's about to heal this guy. And basically he says, I I'm going to show you that I am who I say I am. My power is going to be demonstrated through his problem, which, by the way, is much the same way God works today. God's power, friends, will be demonstrated through our problems. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're up against a problem, remember, God's power can be demonstrated through our problems. That problem of yours is an opportunity for God to move in power. The relational mess, the rough job situation, or the lack of a job altogether, those, those panic attacks or that that chest-pressing anxiety, that, that cancer, that flooded home, the, the insurance companies that are stubborn and not cooperating, these are all problems that are opportunities for God's power to be demonstrated. The story continues. Then Jesus, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and he smoothed the mud over the blind man's eyes. He, he told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. That's the miracle. The blind can see. It's one of my favorite miracles because of the method that was used. Think about it. I mean, Jesus is both God and man, but he could have gone up to this guy and just touched his eyes, right? He could have gone up to this guy and, and maybe waved at him or pointed his finger at him or something like that. But instead, Jesus chooses to spit on the ground and he makes his little mud pie up and he puts it on the guy's eyes. We don't know why he chose mud. I mean, there are people out there, they think they know why, and they have different theories. The etymology of the word mud means this spiritual thing. And I just say, give it up. It just distracts from the miracle. He puts mud on the guy's eyes, and then he says, go wash. Which is a nice thing to say to someone that you've just put your spit all over their face, right? I mean, I've got to imagine in that moment that the guy probably would have figured out to go wash on his own. I mean, I would have washed up after that, right? So what I want you to do, this is something that I do when I read these passages, these miracle stories. I want to encourage you to put yourself in that environment. Imagine that you are right there. What would, have it, what would it have been like if you were right there? For me, I think if I was following Jesus and I saw him do that spit and mud thing, uh, my response would be, knowing the way that I'm wired, I think the first thing I would have done is laugh because mud and spit together is kind of gross. But then it's mud and spit's also kind of cool. I'm still a boy at heart, so mud's still cool, right? You know what I mean? It, it, it just gets your attention, right? 
Maybe that's where the expression, here's mud in your eye, came from. I, I wasn't sure about that, so I googled the expression, and it does, who knows, I didn't really know, and the expression, here's mud in your eye, is actually an old drinking toast that means cheers and goodwill. And if Google is right, it, it has to do with the goodwill of God making you well, blessing you. And, and it does come from this story. So you're wishing happiness or success on someone, but it's rooted in this story. So now you have a Christian drinking toast, here's mud in your eye. Just thought I, I would share that with you. And then I tried to Google the phrase, you're the spitting image of, to see if it's related to this Bible story or not, but I didn't get anywhere on that one, but I gave it a try. Now this healing, it wasn't just a physical healing. The point of this miracle isn't just making a blind guy see. This guy was blinded by shame because of what he didn't have. His whole identity was wrapped up in his physical limitation, his physical blindness. He had lived his whole life being rejected and pushed to the margins of the world that he lived in. His self-worth and mental well-being were being, they, they had been deeply damaged by it all. He was emotionally blind to who God had created him to be. Well, what Jesus did was far deeper than just a physical healing. It was a mental healing. Jesus healed him of his emotional blindness and made him mentally or emotionally whole. If you're watching and you've been blinded by the shame of your past, where all you see is the shame and, and the shame has uh, influenced you, how you see yourself, uh, the sh that shame then is blinding you. And friends, I just want to tell you, God wants to open your eyes. The blind can see it's, it's not about your shame. It's, it's about his power and what he can do for you and what he wants to do in your life. Jesus wants to uh, heal you. He wants to heal how you see yourself. Now, there's a whole lot more in this story that we won't get into, but there is one other healing that takes place. This guy who was blind physically, who was blind emotionally, he was also blind spiritually, but all that changed after this encounter with Jesus. You know, after this uh, spectacular healing, uh, a bunch of Pharisees came after this healed guy because they were blind to who Jesus was. Even when they saw the miracle that was right in front of their eyes, they, they, they couldn't see. They saw the miracle itself as something evil. And then they tossed the guy out of the synagogue. The Apostle John writes, Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. The man said, Lord, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. I mean, how awesome is that? He sees Jesus for who he really is. He calls him Lord, and he worships him. Friends, there, there is nothing more important in your life or my life than to be healed of our spiritual blindness, to be able to see Jesus for who he really is, the divine Son of God who so loves me that he wants to give me the the gift of life now, the gift of wholeness now, uh, the gift that starts now and goes on forever. Do you see Jesus for who he really is? Or are you still blind? I am praying that you would see, that you would see Jesus for who he really is. 
So this is a story of three healings, uh, of three types of blindness that are healed, physical blindness, emotional blindness, and spiritual blindness. And, and on this Pentecost Sunday, I, I want you to be encouraged by the truth of this story and the truth that Jesus still does miracles like this today. He still restores sight to the blind, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And you can come to him and, and you can ask. And certainly do ask for yourself, but you can also come to him and, and, and you can ask for others. On this Pentecost Sunday, it is my prayer for you that, that, that Jesus would restore your sight so that you can see Jesus for who he really is, that you would see his intense love for you, that you would see that he is for you, that you would let him heal you at your point of need whether it's an emotional healing or a physical healing, whether it's divine intervention in your work situation or your relational life, whether it's a spiritual healing where you are made right with God, he is able to heal. So ask and you will receive. And hey, don't be afraid to ask us at Fort City, uh, ask us to pray for you. I mean, let us pray for you message us online and say pray or message one of the staff team and, and, and ask us personally to pray for you or email connect at Fort City Church and just let us know how we can pray for you. And we have a prayer team that they're still meeting every Monday night. And if you'd like them to pray for you, uh, let us know. Don't be timid to share your need for prayer one way or another because friends, he gives sight to the blind, the physically blind, the emotionally blind, and the spiritually blind. Would you join me for prayer? Father God, I do thank you that you still bring sight to the blind. I thank you that you are powerful and that you can heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And God, I pray for those listening to this message who need a touch from you, that they would experience your love in a very powerful and tangible way, that you would touch their lives, that you would heal that you would make a way through this mess that we're living in, that you would meet us at our point of need. And I pray that you would not just heal us where we need to be touched, oh God, that you would heal us in order to be able to use us to bring your power, to bring your healing love to others. There are so many, Lord, on our streets where we work and our families who need a touch from you, Lord God. Would you touch us and empower us to be able to touch others and to be an instrument of your love and healing to others. On this Pentecost Sunday, oh God, would you fill us with your spirit, your life-giving, life-transforming Holy Spirit. And may your spirit shine brightly through us to a city and world in need. We pray all this in the powerful and loving name of Jesus, amen. Before the worship team comes back, uh, let me leave you with that word of praise and doxology that I have been leaving you with in the last couple of messages in this uh, a miracle series we're in the middle of. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. He says, now to him, these are words of worship and thanks. Now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.